Uh, this is Houston. Uh, say again, please. Houston, we have a problem. Okay. Here's the deal. I'm not here to waste your time. Okay? I certainly hope you're not here to waste mine. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Two little mice found in a bucket of cream. Now you put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. Be water, my friend. Welcome to Unstrategic, the podcast about digital strategy. Hey guys, I'm your host, Adam James Lamagna, and today we're going to be talking about road mapping. A road map, simply put, is a, is a plan of action. And a, a strategic roadmap should be considered a dynamic and responsive plan that aims to connect the vision and objectives of a project with strategic actions or steps. So for this podcast, I have created a public Trello board so you can follow along with each phase and step, but feel free to copy the Trello board. You can find the link in the show notes. Now, for those of you who have not used Trello, I suggest signing up. There is a free version and there is also a paid version, but Trello allows you to organize, prioritize, communicate, collaborate on tasks, and it's really used for a wide variety of functions. So check it out. For this strategy roadmapping episode, I have separated it into two parts. This week, we'll cover the program synopsis in phase one and two, and then next week, we'll cover implementation with phase three and phase four. But the Trello board is open for everyone to go through at their own pace. If you want to take a minute to find the link, feel free to do so now. So we're going to talk about the phases of road mapping a web engagement or initiative. So a website, a web project, a redesign, a web product. Um, And what we want to do is we want to talk about each phase, and then we want to break those down into steps. And within those steps, we're going to find the overview and the goal of each step, potential activities we can do in that step, the deliverables that will come from that step. And then I've also added in links to resources that might be helpful for you guys to dive deeper in on each step. And you can get that from the Trello board, but I will be talking through each phase and each step as we go along. I also want to say before we start, there are many different ways to roadmap a web project or a digital product, you know, and in this way may not work for everyone. So if you do look at the Trello board, you know, again, feel free to copy it and then take the elements that benefit you or your project or initiative and, and tailor it to fit your needs. We, we hope that this helps to get things moving in the right direction for you guys. So I want to talk about the program synopsis or really the things that you need to know before going into a road mapping initiative. And one of the first things is your your group intelligence. If you are a part of a team, you'll need to identify which team members will be best for this type of initiative. If you're a freelancer, you'll need to act in a few different capacities. And it's also important to have the right people from the client side. And again, this will depend on who you're working with, what the size of their company is, and what type of project you're working on. So on the agency side or the freelancer side, you know, you're going to want a few different types of team members. The first is going to be a strategist or account manager. So this is, you know, needed for strategic direction. Uh, they should be knowledgeable in things like web analytics, best practices, and also the client's business. 
You're also going to need a project manager, and that's to you know allocate resources, direct the day-to-day -day, uh, activities, and communicate and collaborate with the clients. You will also need a UX person or a designer responsible for driving you know user experience, customer journeys, conversion paths, and personas. And then you're going to need a technologist responsible for technical considerations of the project. On the client side, you're, you're definitely going to need a team lead or a project lead, so someone from their end who's steering the project forward and also responsible for the day-to-day -day and communication and collaboration on their end. Now, there are going to be three different types of people or, or you know, uh, team members that you'll engage with usually in, in these types of engagements. One are uh, stakeholders. So this could be anyone that has stake in the project from executives down to employees who interface with you know, their customers directly. It all depends. You're going to have sponsors, and these are members who can represent other members of the client team, usually like a C-level suite or a C-level position. Uh, and they are, you know, they are authorized uh, to, to make decisions um, and also have the available time needed for the project. And then you'll probably work with specialists, so skills-based members who have subject matter expertise around the initiative or project or business. Okay, so we have the group intelligence down. Now we're going to talk about the four-phase approach to road mapping, and it will consist largely of discovery work, you know, defining the current state uh, with things like analysis and review. We're going to identify the ideal state, which is going to be, you know, doing things like design, prototyping, validating. And then we're finally going to roadmap with figuring out where the gaps are and then making the implementation. Now, throughout the life of the engagement, you will use a variety of tools to help manage the day-to-day -day process, as well as specific features, functionalities, uh, design, and you will have to decide which ones work best for you. But I just, I've listed off a few that work well for me. So I use things like Basecamp, or you, you can really use any other PM tool. Uh, Google Drives, Google Docs, Google Sheets. I use uh, an app called Lucidchart, so they help with user paths, buyer journeys. And then things like Envision, Sketch, Photoshop, or Experience Design, which are good for prototyping. And then obviously Slack to communicate internally. And I also use Trello for a workflow. For the sake of this particular uh, podcast episode and engagement, we have a few assumptions, right? We already have an overview of the project itself, so we know it's a website redesign or a web application build. We also understand the high-level project goals and objectives, but we'll we'll dig deeper into those in uh, you know phase one, and then we have you know negotiated a cost price or range, and we also have a rough timeline of when this needs to be completed. We're going to move right into phase one, and phase one is called the project opening, and it will consist of the following sections. So we're going to do an initial activities, which is, you know, basically kicking off the project with the right group, gaining and giving access to systems and materials. We're going to do preliminary reviews, so organize the client material, do cursory inspections of the data, the documents, and then we're going to basically perform stakeholder interviews for the vision of the actual engagement. And then we're going to regroup with the client team to prioritize those business outcomes uh, in a vision document. The overview and goal of the initial activities, which is step one of phase one, 
is we will need to communicate our process to the client and gather the necessary information to ensure the success of the project. So potential activities really are, are setting up a meeting with the client to introduce the teams and discuss and gain access to the appropriate information and systems. Now, this could take, you know, 30 minutes. It could take three hours, depending on the size of the organization, the size of the team that you're working with, and the size of the project. But some of the things that you're going to want to get and give are things like, you know, you'll want to get Google Analytics access or web analytics data access. You'll want to get existing documentation on target personas, customer journeys. You'll want to get market research and intelligence, user surveys, studies, things like that. And then you'll also want to get contact management systems and or client workflow systems. Now, what you'll want to give are things like access to project management tools. You'll want to show them how to use those things. And then we want to gather a list of project contacts from the client's team, including their role and their contact info. And the deliverables for you know step one are basically to distribute a contact list spreadsheet with everyone's information and contact info, gain and give access to the necessary tools, uh, gain access to the client systems, and then gather appropriate uh, information from the client. Once we have the initial activities completed, we're going to go into uh, step two, which is preliminary reviews. And this is going to be done relatively quickly. And the overview and goal is to really organize the recently accessible documents and systems, do quick audits and analyses on all of them to, to get a better understanding of the client's situation. So you're going to want to do a high-level analysis of their web analytics, do a high-level overview of their website, their user experience, their information architecture, do a high-level overview of their content management system or workflow, and then read through market analysis and survey material. Now, this will help by putting the client's situation in context of the project. And keep in mind, we're going to dive deeper in phase two uh, into the systems and the data that we have to define the current state. But doing these preliminary checks will enable us to hold stakeholder interviews with more insight. And the deliverable from this phase is to create a defined questionnaire for key stakeholder interviews. And by doing all these preliminary reviews, it's going to give us more insight into creating that questionnaire. Okay, for step three of phase one, this is about creating the vision, and we, we need to work at defining the vision of the project. We have the goals, we have the objectives as stated by the client. We want to define the vision or the why, you know, and this may come from several different sources within the client's company. So we'll, we'll need to perform interviews with key stakeholders to discuss things like business outcomes. You know, what are their hopes for the project achievements over the next one to five years? Now, you can do anywhere from, I mean, you could do upwards of 50 stakeholder client interviews or more. It depends on, you know, the time, uh, the money, the size of the organization. Um, you could do 10 to 15 in like a medium-sized organization. You could do three to five in a small organization. If you're working with a, a single person, you're going to do one key stakeholder interview. Now, once that's completed, we, we need to put together a deck that outlines the understanding of the client's strategic vision for the initiative. And it really should focus on business outcomes and the future state of the project, the results of what that project is going to produce. And that should be a living document that can shift and change once we define the current state. Because things, you know, as we uncover things by defining the current state, we might 
end up changing the ideal state or the future vision. So the deliverables checklist is that strategic vision deck or document, and then you want to hold another workshop once that's complete with the smaller client team to discuss and prioritize the business goals identified in the stakeholder interviews. And while you're doing that, you're going to be updating this strategic vision deck as you go along. Okay, so let's hop into phase two or defining the current state. We're going to spend a decent amount of time here. And the reason for that is because defining the current state, it will give us more insight about, you know, what we do well and what we don't do well. You know, obviously you've heard the saying, those who don't know the past are condemned to repeat it. So the more that we know about what we've done in the past and, and what that current state is, the better we can map it to the ideal future state. So in this phase, we're, we'll need to do more in-depth analyses after we've understood the project vision of the client stakeholders. Now, we can do a number of things, right? But I'm going to go through uh, about four or five different things that we should be doing within the, the defining current state phase. The steps that I'm going to talk about in this particular phase should be done in succession, right? We're going to start with a web analytics analysis, then move into a UX and IA audit then move into a content inventory, then a workflow audit. Now, by doing a web analytics analysis, it's going to help with the a user experience and information architecture audit, which is going to help with a content inventory, which is going to help with a workflow audit. So you'll see there's this uh, succession of how we should progress during this step to help us with the next following step. Step one in phase two is going to be a web analytics analysis. And this, I'm sure you guys have heard me talk about this before, but it, it's going to be to dive deep to understand more about the client's web users, their traffic, their engagement, their behavior flows, and their e-commerce. So, you know, potential activities are going to be things like looking at you know, looking at their visitors, their demographics, affinity data, psychographic data. This will help with user persona creation and definition if those things are not defined yet. We're also going to look at the acquisition. So where are the traffic sources? What are the mediums? What are the channels? And then you want to look at those trends year over year, month over month if you have that data. With engagement, we'll look at things like bounce rate, which isn't necessarily a, a big metric to go off of unless there's extremely high bounce rates. Uh, and we're going to look at page views. Uh, we're going to look at you know session duration, top landing pages, things like that. And then we also want to go into behavior uh, or user flows because those are going to you know give us what their through traffic is, where their drop offs are. Uh, and if we dive deep into those behavior flows and look at conversion funnels and conversion paths, we can do that in context of certain demographics, certain users, um, which will help us get more information on how users are currently using their website, where those converting pages are, and what those non-converting pages are. Now, we also want to look at the goals if they have any set up in analytics, so e-commerce trends, page value, things like that. If you are not too comfortable with Google Analytics, then I would strongly suggest taking the free tutorials at Google Academy or uh, Google Analytics Academy. And I have uh, the links in the Trello board, but you can also check out Occam's Razor by Avinash uh, Kaushik. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, they're great Google Analytics tips and tricks, and the links are attached in the Trello card. 
So the deliverable for this step is a web analytics analysis report. You can export some of those from GA and then you can give insight on top of them or you can create your own uh, reporting or whatever reporting tool that you feel comfortable using. For step two of phase two, we're going to talk about user experience and information architecture. We want to understand the current UX and IA setup to see what's working and to see what's not working. Now, information architecture and user experience can be looked at in tandem for a web project roadmapping engagement to de define the current state. For UX, we want to determine you know, what target audience the website or application caters to. We, wanted to, we want to determine the flow or flows most users take to convert. And then we want to determine what might be hindering users from converting. With information architecture, we want to determine which content types users engage with the most. We want to uh, identify how many unique content types there are. And then we can also perform a designless test using something like TreeJack, which I'm sure you guys have heard me talk about before. You can use a number of tools uh, for this. You know, you can use tools like Hotjar to place on your existing site to glean more information about the users and how they interact with the current website. I've attached uh, a number of different uh, resources and guides to this particular card because there are a lot of different ways you can do a UX analysis and an information architecture audit. Essentially, the deliverables from this are going to be, you know, a, a user experience analysis outlining which pages on the site actually convert, which pages do not convert, and the insight into why that may be. Now, just a note here, you know, Google Analytics doing that analysis or that analytics analysis and step one is going to help with this. And then it's going to be up to you to go to those pages that you see that are converting or not converting and try and figure out why. Now, you can have, you can have your team look at this and, and your team can help with this. We're going to talk about user testing on uh, part two uh, in phase three. But for this one, you can do a lot of this stuff yourself by going to the site and using your brain around, you know, what best practices are for web design and, and, and user experience and see why things are working or why they're not working. And then getting that information from Google Analytics will, uh, will help you along the way for that. Now, we also want to do an information architecture map showing a visual hierarchy of content types and then how they relate to one another. Uh, we want to have a completed site map listing out all the pages of the website, and then we can also have a finalized TreeJack test to uncover weak points in the information architecture. In step three of phase two, we're going to do a content inventory. And we're going to do this by listing out all the content, assessing each piece, and determining if the content is beneficial to the business goal or outcomes. Now, a content inventory is exactly what it sounds like. It's a list of all the content on your site, and it can be tedious depending on how big the site is and how much content it has. But you can go uh, deeper on content inventories by labeling which content gets the most traffic or the most conversions, uh, which pieces of content resonate with certain types of users. And you may also find that some content doesn't have any traction at all and it might not be worth keeping on the site. So again, I've left a number of resources here. I use you know content inventory uh, from usability.gov and there's ways to conduct a content audit and tools to do it. But basically a content audit or an inventory is going to be listing out each piece of content, 
which content type it belongs to, and its purpose or business goal. Uh, and you can do this in a simple uh, Google Sheet. Okay, for step four, we're gonna take a look at the client's workflow. And when we perform a workflow audit, we really wanna assess how their, current, how their current workflow works and the tools that they use. So when, when you're doing this, you wanna determine how many workflows are within the system. So I suggest sketching out all the stages of the process. You know, are they sequential? Are there loops? What tools are being used the most or what tools are being used the least? Determine how many users are involved in the process. So connect that workflow with those users. What are their roles? What stage are they involved in? And what tools are they using and in what stage? So you want to assess a few things. You know, you want to notice if there are bottlenecks or delays. You want to notice if there are basic tasks that might feel cumbersome. And then see if goals are, you know, not being accomplished quickly enough. It's important to interview the team members on the client side who are involved in the day-to-day -day during your key stakeholder interviews. You can do exercises like, you know, show me a day in your life. What, what do you do throughout the day? How do you work with the system? And you can use many different tools to diagram workflows, including things like Microsoft Word, PowerPoint, Keynote, Google Sheets, Lucidchart, many more. Use whatever you feel most comfortable with, but in order to start this exercise, I would suggest sketching out um, sketching out the, the different stages on a piece of paper or putting each step down on index cards so you can move things around. Uh, you can also do things like whiteboarding this exercise before you put it down on paper. And so I've, I've attached a, a video link in uh, the Trello card of, around what a workflow should look like. And then I've also given a number of different resources there, but the deliverable for this card is going to be a workflow diagram or map, and that's going to break down the workflows into granular steps and, and connect those to their users, the roles, and the tools that should be associated with each step. After we've done the workflow, we're going to go into step five of phase two, which is the SWOT analysis. So it's a, a strategic planning technique to help an organization identify strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. This will help solidify or uncover more business outcomes. Strengths and weaknesses are internal factors. The organization can control those. And then opportunities and threats are external factors, things that are not within the organization's control. And it's best to perform this in a group setting. So you're going to explain what the purpose of the SWOT analysis is. You know, obviously explain the terms SWOT, and then exercise with the whole group first. And then it's, it's important to break out into smaller groups or individuals so their voice can be heard and then bring the whole group back together again and, and prioritize the strengths, the weaknesses, the opportunities and threats. You got to note that a SWOT analysis can be performed for a website, a business, a workflow, really anything. So when doing this exercise for your road mapping, you should determine what makes the most sense for you. Again, there's a template for you guys to use when you perform the workshop, and there's also a number of resources on there. The deliverable should be a prioritized SWOT analysis covering the organization's strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And then once we do that, we're gonna go into the final stage of phase two.
All right, so the final step of phase two is vision review and refinement. So we've done a number of things up until this point, uh, done a number of steps, and we've, we have a number of deliverables. So we want to get together with our client to solidify the current state and see if any, you know, any vision refinement is necessary based on what we've uncovered or what we found out. So you'll want to do a working session with your client team to review the following. And basically, this is your findings. You know, we want to we want to talk about the web analytics report. So conversion paths, behavior flows, users, traffic sources. We want to look at the UX analysis. So that's your insight into why things are either you know working or not working. We want to take a look at the information architecture map and how that you know how those content types relate to each other, how they relate to the users. We want to look at the content inventory and top quality pieces and how those might fit to the business outcomes. And then we want to work, look at the workflow diagram, so see where there are bottlenecks or delays. And then finally, the, the SWOT analysis, looking at the strengths, the weaknesses, the opportunities, and the threats. So you have defined the current state for your client, and they will need to revisit the business outcomes for their vision. Is it still in line with their vision based on what we know? So those are questions that you're going to want to ask in this step. And the, the deliverable for this step is that finalized strategic vision deck that's kind of been sitting in the background all this time since phase one. And once that's complete, you know, once we've laid everything out on the table and the client says, yes, this is the, the direction that we're going in, you finalize that deck, you get approval from the client, and that completes phase two. And then we're going to move into next week, uh, phase three and phase four. And that's going to be basically identifying the ideal future state with a few different activities and then, you know, road mapping by finding those gaps and implementing the right solution. Okay, so that concludes this week's episode, uh, part one of strategic road mapping. We will be back in one week with part two of strategic road mapping to finish off the rest of the phases. If anyone has any comments, concerns, questions, please feel free to reach out to us online on strategic.com. I am your host, Adam James Lamagna. Really appreciate you guys joining us this week, and we'll see you soon. Cheers. Cheers.